Hello, you're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, the show that educates, stimulates, and rejuvenates your mind. Oh, got a great show for you today, because you know how we do it here. As the old folk, you say, you know how we roll. Deep, candid conversations, great interactive dialogue, because we want to help inspire and motivate others. Mr. Speaker Speaks, the place where you get to speak to the world. Learn more about Mr. Speaker at VincentTEdwards.com. You want to grow professionally, personally, and spiritually? Join my online community at VincentOnDemand.com. You know, life is all about purpose, and there you can find things to help you pivot into your purpose with power and precision. My guest today is attorney Stephen Knight of the Knight Law Firm, and we're going to talk about the areas in which he practices law. We're going to find out about who he is, what he does, and why he does what he does right here on Mr. Speaker Speaks. Heavenly Father, we truly thank you. We thank you for your knowledge, your wisdom, your guidance. We thank you for providing us all with purpose so that we can do what we were designed to do. Tonight, Lord, let us all who are under the sound of my voice learn our purpose, know our purpose, and fulfill our purpose because purpose is powerful especially when you use your gifts and fulfill your God-given purpose. Now, Lord, as we transition to talk about law tonight, fill this place with your spirit. Open up my ears, open up the ears of the listeners so that they can learn what they need to know tonight because they tuned in specifically for this one, this episode with the Knight Law Firm. And Lord God, I just ask that you, Continue to shine upon Attorney Knight. Bless him in his endeavors. Open up opportunities. Strengthen his heart, his mind, and his soul. And give him wisdom, O Lord, because you said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And Lord, we will forever give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Our inspirational verse comes tonight from the book of Psalms, Psalm 27 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Before we get started, today's program is brought to you in part by Program Success, your source for professional news and information. Program Success magazine spotlights the success of individuals who have excelled in their arenas of expertise in order to inspire, encourage, and enhance the lives of others who are aspiring greatness. More information is available at programsuccess.net. Program Success, the name says it all. My guest tonight is attorney Stephen Knight, who is the chief attorney at the Knight Law Firm, the representation you need the service you deserve. He's been practicing in Tallahassee, North Florida, and throughout the state since 1997. He specializes in the areas of criminal defense, personal injury law, and family law. He has so many years, over 23 years of experience in litigation and trial experience. 
with that today, Mr. Speaker welcomes Attorney Knight, and we're going to allow him to speak about the who, the what, when, the where, and the how. How you doing tonight, Attorney Knight? <laughs> Fine, thank you, Vincent, and uh really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you tonight. No, truly a pleasure. You know, I've always found law to be ambiguous. One of the things I often say is the two things in life that I'll pay for, one is an accountant, the other is an attorney. What got you interested and involved in law? Well, I think what uh, originally got, unlike most people, I mean, from a very young age, I was fascinated uh, by law and just by the actual, you know, the ability to, to know the rules of the game. And I, I look at it like this. Uh, you don't play a game unless you know the rules. And you, or you cannot succeed unless you know the rules. And the law is really the rules of life and our society. Uh, and I had the opportunity to go to a, a high school that had a pre-law program. And that kindled the flames uh, for my passion for law. And, and then certainly after going to Howard, where we really were, uh, you know, taught that we had a duty, especially as black uh, men in this society, black people in general, uh, to be social engineers. And one of the best avenues is the law. And, you know, really gave me the opportunity in every day to make a difference in everyone, in people's lives, especially those of my clients. Um, so that's really what has got me interested and what kept me uh, in this area of practice. So throughout the study and uh, um, eventually practicing, what was the most challenging about law for you? Well, um, I think the most challenging, I would say, or just frustrating in a sense is that um, you still have to deal every day with biases and going to the courtroom and especially my criminal defense um, when there's certainly no, clearly no evidence against your client, um, you know, and then things are made up and you can look at the jury. And again, I have to make a plug for jury duty, one of the most important uh, civic duties that we have, um, because I'm sure nobody would like it if themselves or their a relative, parents, whatever it is, is in front of a jury one day. They would like a jury to, to be of their peers. But um, it's just really just seeing how sometimes the criminal justice system is so skewed and how much of an uphill battle you have. And that is a true presumption of guilt, not innocence. And especially when the victim is white and the alleged perpetrator is black. Um, that's what's, that's one of the most challenging things and frustrating things is that, you know, there's really, there's limited justice in our system. Share with us an experience that really made you realize that this profession was the one for you, because I know studying law can be challenging, the long nights, the reading, all of that, but what really made you realize this is where I need to be? Well, I think what really did it uh, early on in my career is when I had a uh, a client uh, charged with a very serious uh, felony uh, 
and it involved alleged rape and different things of a minor. And he lost his job. You know, every you know, he lost everything. He almost lost his marriage. Lost his wife. Stuck with him. And you know, we, they should have dropped the case. It unraveled that the depositions. I did a lot of things in preparation. The state went ahead anyway. And you know, I mean, the jury only took an hour, but when I was able to get this man off and see him years later, uh, get his life back. I mean, he was looking at possibly you know twenty to thirty years in prison. Um. You know, and besides the effect that I would have on his family, his children, um, and then you know the satisfaction of knowing that he made a difference in his lives, and then of course the, the lives of others, and it really you know put to me the importance of of you know what I do in the practice of law, and no matter what, I don't do as much criminal defense as I used to, but I will always, to me as a black male, uh, in the legal profession, to me it's almost like my duty that I they it with criminal defense to help those who really, really needed the most. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the areas in which you practice personal injury, criminal defense, family law, but you've opened up that door for criminal defense. I've, you know, I watch a lot of the, the, the shows on television, the law shows, and they're very, very interesting. And one um, phrase that we often hear in our, our criminal justice system is, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. But then the other phrase that I've heard in watching all those shows is, it's not what's true, but what you can prove. What would you say about that in explaining the whole concept of what is criminal defense law? Uh, well, I, that is a loaded question. I mean, of course, there's a lot of dynamics uh, to the criminal justice system, and also that it is constantly changing, especially uh, when we have certain governments in power. Uh, but the essence of it is, it's true. I mean, no matter what you have, the same thing I, you know, have to tell clients that unless you can, you can prove it, and, and it is the opposite of what you're thinking. You have to prove you're innocent. It is legally supposed to be the state proves their case. Not what, not what the facts are, but it's what they can prove. And unfortunately, the jury and I guess it's the human mindset is, is most people sometimes want to presume the worst. And so it is what we as defense attorneys can prove or disprove in that sense, more so than what the facts are. Um, so we might have some excellent facts, but we have to prove those facts to a jury. Um, and it, it, that's what makes it, you know, more complicated. But that pivots on the fact of what the system is not supposed to be. You're supposed to be innocent on the program guilty. But like, like you said, and, and the reality of it is that you're really based, presumed guilty on proven innocent. And that, that's a difficulty in proving. Uh, some of the facts. But there are times when the juries do the right thing. And when the state cannot prove themselves, no matter how bad things look, um, you know, then that's how the system's supposed to work. And when it does follow that paradigm, then it truly works. Uh, but unfortunately, most of the time, that's not the situation. When you look at criminal defense and, and you look at what goes on 
in the legal system, is law fair? Is the criminal justice system fair? Or is fair the right word? Is it equitable? Absolutely not. And I, I can't say there, there, there's really any civil criminal life itself isn't fair. And certainly the criminal justice system is no exception to that. Um, the reality is that obviously some people are going to get uh, more privileges under the system and going to be able to use and take advantage of the system than others. Uh, and get some justice, a quote-unquote fairness from the system. Uh, but it is far, justice is far from blind, and justice is very far, or the system is very far from being fair. So my job as, a, as an attorney is to overcome some, try to overcome those barriers. You've got to learn, work a little harder, dig a little deeper, and of course, like I said, we've got to go out of our way to prove things. Um, but that's what it is, trying to balance that scale. That scale is definitely, the scale of justice is never balanced. It's just trying to make it more balanced. When you look at all the the attorneys and the firms that are out there, you know, all the time when I'm watching television, this law firm comes up, that law firm, we can do this, we stand for that. When you go with us, we represent you. I mean, so many different slogans out there. What separates the Knight Law Firm from the others? Why would I want to call you for representation in either personal injury, criminal defense, or family law? What is it that you bring to the table that no one else does? Well, I never disparage or make comments about any any other attorney. What I can do and in law and anything else, you can never guarantee a result. But what I guarantee to my clients, and I pride myself in and differentiate from many other law firms, is first and foremost, always being in contact and communication. That's one of the biggest problems most people have. They haven't heard from the attorney. They, haven't, they don't know what's going on in the case. So first is customer service. Um, you know, from the first time they contact my law firm, my, my assistants are very formal and cordial, uh, you know, to get, get the information. Very few people call my law firm because they're in a great position. It's always a time of trouble. And I find myself in being able to help as much as possible during this time of trouble and understanding and letting people know. Uh, emails are great. You know, that's one, if not, and text messages. One thing that uh, my firm certainly, we keep our clients anytime there's a court filing, anything's going on. We keep my clients uh, constantly informed of what's going on in their case. Uh, if they call up, there's always a call returned. I have a 24-hour answering service that so they can call anytime, day or night. Uh, they will get a human voice. And then within 8 to 12 hours, they will get a response uh, one way or the other. And, you know, just accessibility. And just knowing that, you know, I don't take on, I take on as many cases as I know I can handle, so I give them that personal attention. Uh, with other law firms, they're not going to, the person you see on the billboard or whatever, you'll never talk to them. Um, with my firm, actually, I'm going to be individually handling your case. You know, a law school along with my assistants, but you'll be dealing with me uh, directly. Uh, so I think that's one way I just make sure that I give the best value two of my clients. And that's how I'm able to succeed 
without basically any advertising. You know, I don't have billboards, everything else, but word of mouth is the best, uh, best advertising in a sense because people are comfortable in referring, you know, their friends and family to me because of the experience I've had at the night law firm. So that really is what I pride myself in. And especially giving them, uh, you know, obviously community, uh, customer service is important, um, but working harder and striving, getting my clients the best results. That's what's important. With so many things going on and having a hectic schedule, meeting with clients, researching cases, researching case law, what do you enjoy most about what you do? It's the client contact. I mean, I enjoy when a client comes into my office and they are sometimes terrified, they're scared, they're worried, they're upset. And, you know, being able to give them that peace of mind. Again, I don't give any guarantees, but I give them that peace of mind that somebody is fighting for them. Somebody got their back. Somebody knows what they're doing. Somebody knows the system um, is going to be there for them. So just to see the difference uh, when they walk through my door and they first start talking to me and when they leave, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen instantly, but within a few days of contact and I can see their, again, no guarantees, but at least they know that they're in the right place and they're, they've got their interests and their rights are going to be protected. I think that's what really is the most satisfying part of my job. Personal injury. You know, they, they have jokes about attorneys calling you all ambulance chasers. Personal injury, what is that all about? Is it always about, you know, car accidents, slip and falls? What is personal injury all about, and how does it work? Well, again, it's, it's very complicated because it's broad. And that's why it has the word personal injury. In other words, an injury to a person. So that could be anything at all. So it can be slip and fall, car accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, medical malpractice, security negligence, because some people don't even think about the fact that they're there at a, at a apartment complex and somebody jumps up and robs them and maybe shoots them. That's a personal injury case. Not, not against the person who shot them. That's a criminal. But against the apartment complex, they might have had six incidents that month since they were unnoticed. So that's, you know, that's one area. Uh, but there's just so many, anything involving uh, injury to a person that's caused by another person, and that person has a duty to them, then it is, that's personal injury. Uh, and it really, really gets complicated. There's so many different laws, uh, like medical malpractice is a lot different. Is The standard is a lot higher to get even to do a lawsuit and you have to file within two years. Most cases you have to file a claim within four years of the incident happening in medical malpractice is two years. Um, so those are the things that like in a car, car crashes, there's a rule that you have to after a car crash within two weeks of the accident, you've got to get medical attention and say that you've got an injury caused by the accident. And if you lose that, that's for the insurance, then you lose your insurance coverage. So there's so many things that you have to do. And, and one thing about law is you're constantly researching a law. Like you said, you, I could be talking to you today about a law, and then a week from now, it changes. So we're constantly researching to keep on top of the law, 
all the changes in the law and then also, you know, actively trying to make sure that certain laws aren't changed. You know, like there's a law right now that they're trying to, the Republicans are trying to put through that it's called the Anti-Rioting Act or something like that, which really is their excuse for, for law enforcement to call a gathering, a peaceful gathering, a riot, and then start arresting and beating people. Um, so it's kind of bringing back to the days of uh, fascism and, and dictatorship. You know, so part of what I do, you know, I try to I keep on top of those and help, you know, whatever the causes, lobbying, whatever, get the information out that we need to fight against some of these uh, legislations that are coming through. Another thing that I've noticed in a lot of commercials for attorneys that deal with personal injury law, they always use this phrase to the, to the terms of, you know, we don't get paid unless you do. What does that really mean? How does personal injury work with regard to fees uh, in general? Uh, yeah, that's a very good question because it's across the board. In, in fact, all law firms is the same thing. So any law firm that makes it look like it's special to them, it's not special. All personal injury cases are done on what we call a contingency fee basis. In other words, we, just like the ISA, we don't, because you don't have to pay our clients do not pay a dime out of their pocket um, or their case unless we recover for them. So we absorb all the fees, all the, because you have to do depositions. Uh, you have to hire, sometimes you have to hire private investigators, accident reconstruction experts, medical experts, you know, you're treating physicians. All those fees, all the fees for, um, you know, doing the video depositions, you know, flying to a, wherever the senior or the experts are, uh, the law firm absorbs those uh, um, costs initially. So I tell you, theoretically, if we if the law firm got nothing for you, and of course, you know, uh, I don't put your case unless I know I can get something for my client, um, but the client would never have to pay out of their pocket. However, if you get a recovery, suppose the costs were, let's just hypothetical, just cost were $10,000. Um, and you got a recovery for $100,000, then the $10,000 is taken out of that amount. Um, but that also gives incentive for an attorney to get as much uh, an award for the client as possible. You know, and I, I pride myself in always, you know, making sure that the, depending on the coverage, of course, that, that the client, you keep the cost down as much as you can so the client gets as much as possible, but they never have to come out of their pocket. And in some cases, you get them like Pitt can cover uh, lost wages. You can get them some kind of money up front to a certain extent. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, kind of how it works. So what what I heard was, so if you've expended 10000 and they get, you know, 100000 you take that ten out. Is that all the cost or is there another fee tacked on to it? No, there's attorney fees. The attorney fees are standard. So there's a difference between fees and cost. So the costs are what you actually have to pay to, to maintain the case and, and um, get ready for trial or, or at least, you know, for mediation. Uh, and then the attorney fees comes out of that. And the attorney fees is standard across all cases, which is 33 and a third percent of whatever is recovered. Uh, and it's 40 percent if you go to litigation, because litigation obviously is very long and time consuming. Um, but mo most cases don't end up in litigation. But Again, you know, I have several cases that are constantly in litigation because sometimes you have to, to 
litigate and some of the insurance companies don't take you seriously, so you've got to force them. And many times they'll come a day before um, the trial or whatever it is and try to, to, to settle the case. Um, but that's basically the major cost. It's cost and then, you know, medical fees are separate from that also. We're talking about the cost, so whatever your medical fees, that, that also comes up in the settlement. But you add that to, so when you're negotiating case, of course, or if you have to go to trial and argue for a jury, if the medical field uh, costs are $100,000, then you factor that in with other things. So the award should be 100000 plus with the other things. So you make sure all the medical costs are covered in the award. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Attorney Knight of the Knight Law Firm. And for full disclosure for everyone, I want to let everybody know that he has served as my attorney in the past on a personal injury case. So let's talk about family law. We've talked about criminal defense, personal injury. What is family law? Um, Because the only thing that comes to mind is, you know, is, is it, you know, divorce or is it a family dispute where two people are going at it and they're having a brawl in the front yard? Would that be family law? Would that be personal injury or would it be criminal defense? What exactly is family law? Well, ironically, you can have a family law case and end up in criminal court, part of it. Uh, but family law is primarily uh, divorces, which you call dissolution of marriages, uh, child custody, which is now called parenting time, uh, where you make a parenting plan. Uh, it could be in child support, if children involved, of course, you've got custody and child support. Um, and then, you know, within the, within the dissolution of marriage, there's several things that can be child support, child custody. Um, you can have the distribution of assets and, and liabilities. And you can have alimony, which is payments to one of the parties. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of facets to it, but those are the three major things. The two majors is is dissolution, about well, three dissolution of marriage, child custody, and child support. And then out of that, then you might have to go back to court to enforce these things, so enforcement of uh, you know certain court orders. But that mainly is the bulk of of, of family law. On uh, illegally in court under family law, in what we call. Um, the uh, domestic relations division basically is also injunctions. So most injunctions are domestic. You have the, what they call domestic violence injunctions, and that also falls technically under family law. This is very, so very, very interesting. <laughs> it's a, a lot of stuff when it when it when it comes to law, and, and one of the things come to mind. You know, I, I look at all these shows and. You've, you have people being interrogated, and then all of a sudden the, the lawyer bursts in the door. That's enough. Don't talk to my client. Um, he will say nothing else. I mean, is it true that if you get arrested or whatever, you don't have to say anything but, you know, lawyer, and then they have to stop talking to you until you get representation? Well, you hear it a million times, and you see it. Under the Constitution, you have a right to remain silent. They, they read it through everything you say, which can and will be used against you. And you absolutely have that right. But, however, 
if you waive that right, you don't waive it permanently. So at any time, you can invoke that right. So, and that's also the right against self-incrimination. So when an attorney shows up, if you, suppose you even talk for an hour. And once you say, I want an attorney, they are legally supposed to talk, stop talking to you and give you the chance to get legal assistance. And just like you said, if, the, if you're in the room and the attorney comes in and you're talking, um, then they're supposed to stop questioning you and say, is this your attorney? You know, do you, do you want to uh, continue speaking? So they are legally supposed to first read you, uh, you know, your, your rights and then, then see if you waive it or not. And what's amazing to me is in this area, age of technology, where they have the body cams, the dash cams, cell phones, uh, the police always have that ability to videotape everything and record it, which is sure. Because many times they can say, hey, you waived your rights. They claim they read it to you, but then I have clients who said they never read me anything. I didn't know that because the reality of it is when you have a police officer in your face questioning you, you feel like you are under a legal obligation and duty to talk to him. And they make you feel that way. You know, and that's your job, to, 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 to intimidate you, to, to make you say something. You know, so it is very important, and that's why, again, you've got to know your rights. And not only know your rights, but also exercise those rights. And no matter what the situation, you know, because uh, I'll tell you a story one time when my, one of my, um, one of my friends you know, and he was a fellow attorney. And I think somebody called, said there was a noise or whatever it is. The police officer showed up and said, you know, let me in. I want to talk to you. And he said, no. You know, and the police officer, he, you know, was kind of intimidating and said, yeah, you have to let me in. And kept knocking and said, I don't want to talk to you. And if you don't cooperate, then you can be on arrest. He said, no. Do you have a search warrant? And the officer, you know, kind of hinted, I don't need a search warrant. I just want to talk to you. And then sometimes they try to be nice and say, listen, if you haven't done anything, I just want to talk to you quick and, and squash the situation. Uh, but absolutely not. You know, he did not let her in. She had no reason to let her in. A noise ordinance. And she came there. There was no noise. He didn't have. It was an apartment complex. So they thought it was him. It was probably somebody else. You know, so that's what's important. You know, because. You know, they could have come into the house and, you know, claimed something or some interaction or whatever it is. And you know how the reality of it is, it could have gone south from there. Um, so that's why it is important. The same thing when the police officer stops you. They don't have the right to search your car. You know, they're not being a dog or whatever. But so you, what you is that thing about prob- probable cause? Well, they, they, they have probable cause to think different than uh, the right to search. Now, they can have probable cause. And there's a lower standard now. Many years, a few years ago, they lowered the standard to for a stop. So whenever I have a criminal case involving a, uh, where they stop my clients in their vehicle, I always challenge and look at the stop first. Unfortunately, they lowered the standard to reasonable suspicion. So all they have to do is reasonably believe that you did something wrong. You made a, a illegal U-turn. Your headlight was out. You know to stop the vehicle. Now, it's a different standard to search a vehicle, which is what you mentioned before, probable cause. Probable cause to search a vehicle could could be, um, you know, they always say they smell marijuana, they saw a gun in the car, you know, things like that. Um, but, again, in the days, the day of body cams now, 
they have to prove, you know, to show something at least. And, you know, you do not have, you can tell them, no, you do not have the right to search a car. Now, unfortunately, they can arrest you and then they have the right to search your car. But then you can challenge the whole thing because if they didn't have the right to, to, to arrest you and they, they shouldn't have searched your car, then uh, you can get the case thrown out. Um, and it's under the law, it's a, it's a thing called the, the fruit of the forbidden, of the, the forbidden tree. So, of the poisonous trees, I should say. Um, because everything else, even if the, once the tree is poisoned, all the food, I don't care how good it is, it's also poison. And that's a theory. So, um, that's one situation where you still, like I said, you always cooperate as, as you're supposed to with the police officer, but you do not have to let them search your car. Interesting. At all. That's good to know. Great piece of information. I have a question for you when it comes to attorneys, lawyers. How do I even know if I need a lawyer? Well, that's, you know, that's a case-by-case uh, scenario. But I would tell you that any time that you, if you get something in the mail, first of all, if you, if you, start, if you are under arrest for any reason, you, you always need a lawyer. And, you know, you also have a right to an attorney under the law. So that's the one only area that you have an absolute right to an attorney. So in criminal law, you'll always need a lawyer. Once you're charged with something or even suspected, I find who, you know, the cops are calling them, saying, hey, somebody did, said you did X, Y, Z. You need the representation so that, like we talked about, so that you don't say anything that can possibly incriminate you. Um, outside of criminal defense, though, if if you uh, are in any kind of legal situation, more than likely you need a lawyer. Or you can consult a lawyer. I have clients or I have people who call me up and say, well, you know, you really don't need a lawyer. This is simple. You just file that and, and it's over. Or it hasn't reached a level where you need a lawyer yet. Um, so, but it really depends on, on, on the situation. But if you get it, of course, if you get a summons in the mail, uh, you need a lawyer, you know, like a divorce proceeding. If, if you get, if you get a, a, a petition for divorce, you need a lawyer, especially if you have property. If, if you don't have any property or if you have nothing, um, you don't have to have a lawyer. Um, but if you don't have anything, I should say. However, once you have children involved, you always need a lawyer. Once you have property involved, you always need a lawyer. Uh, unless it's a rare situation where you can really work it out. Um, but in, of course, you get an accident, you always need a lawyer. Because they're going to have lawyers. The insurance company is going to have lawyers. They're not going to give you anything uh, of value for the case. So you will always need a lawyer in that situation. Um, you know, but if it's uh, certain things, but anytime really that you have to come into court on an issue, you really should at least get consultation from a lawyer first. Life itself is all about relationships and relationships are how business gets done. And I really think you should, you know, have a sense of your attorney, who they are, what they're about. Are there any criteria that you could recommend in the process or for the process of selecting an attorney that's right for you? Well, one of the first things, um, and again, it, it depends on the situation. Um, you know, some people prefer different things, but I, I would say, I mean, always, of course, if somebody could refer you to an attorney that, hey, this is my attorney. Uh, he did well on this case. You know, he knows his stuff. 
then that's definitely firsthand is, is always best. Not guaranteed, uh, but that's always best. And that's why I get a lot of my, uh, you know, recommendations for uh, my clients, you know, uh, it's from personal recommendations. Uh, but you can do your research. I mean, there's enough on the internet. And unlike what other people said, biggest is not always best. Uh, and again, I pride myself in being a smaller law firm. I can give you that individual attention that you need. Um, another criteria is see how, how quickly the law firm calls you back, you know, and then, uh, and again, that's why I have some, I have some cases where even the, um, you know, some of my clients are in jail. Well, before COVID, I, you know, I told, if the family called, I said, listen, let him, let me meet him, let him, you know, we talk and then he'll get an idea if, you know, if he feels comfortable with me. Because I don't want it to represent you say if they don't feel comfortable with whatever it is. Uh, and I pride myself, I know they're going to feel comfortable, so I have no problem with that. Uh, but you can do your research, um, you know, see how, how personably uh, that attorney is. You know, of course, like I said, you can of course go on the internet uh, also. Um, but, you know, kind of get, get a word of mouth from other people is, is helpful. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe get one or two. You know, if it's not a, if not word of mouth, but you know, just check check a few. But certainly, see the ones that respond to your call and you know are responsive. I talked to some people who say, "Oh, I called five attorneys, but they never told me that. They never talked to me like that." You know, so uh, that really is some of the things that you should look for an attorney. Is just uh, how quickly they call you back and how personal they and how knowledgeable they are on on the on the you know whichever area of law uh, that you need them for. All right. So is there anything else about what you do and, and who you are that you'd like to share with the listening audience today to give them a reason to call the Knight Law Firm at 850-513-3151? That's 850-513-3151 or visit you at nightlawflorida.com, nightlawflorida.com. Is there anything that you would like to say? Well, I think, um, you know, you've touched on some of the things, but I really try, my motto is the representation that you need and the service that you deserve. And that's what I really try to do every day is take each case, each individual as they come and really give that level of service, first of all, make my clients comfortable as possible and give them that professionalism and that professional uh, service that they need in this situation. And again, it's the making their life, they come to me because things are difficult at the time, or possibly. So it's making, you know, uh, is the fact that I know that I'm going to give them the individual attention. I'm going to be looking through every case. Uh, I've prepared my staff. I have a great, very personable and knowledgeable staff. Uh, you can get in contact with me 24 hours a day with the firm. Um, and really, really, in many cases, you know, I'm not sympathizing with everything, but I always try to put myself in the position of my client. How would they feel if this? How, how, what are they going through? And, of course, after 23 years, you know, I've seen almost every situation. So I just want to make my, I get my clients comfortable, take the burden off of their, um, you know, themselves to a certain extent, and really strive to get the best results. And, and that is the night law firm, and that's what we do. With, with your passion 
for law, passion, especially in criminal defense and in the, in the area of minorities. What other things do you do outside of just working with your clients to get the word out or to work and help those in the community? Um, you talked a lot about knowing your rights. Do you work with any community organizations? Do you do any community outreach? How does your firm help get the word out about law? Well, first and foremost, to me, is reaching back. So I think uh, we are about 45% of attorneys are black. So I always have a mentoring program. Um, I'm, I was a past president uh, of the Tallahassee Barristers, which is a minority um, group of attorneys uh, here in Tallahassee. And we have a mentoring program. I, I have interns two, three, sometimes four interns in my office uh, at a time. Many of my interns uh, have law firm, have their own law firms or working with uh, large law firms or small law firms, working in public interest law. So I think to me that's what I is important first, is that we sow the seed so that many come behind me and can be uplifted that way so they can make that change and be social engineers. That's one thing I do, and outside, you know, from just promoting the firm, but uh, and getting in the community. I mean, I, I do give know your uh, your right speeches. It depends, you know, several organizations, you know, talking at some churches, uh, talking at uh, schools, FAMU and FSU. Again, with the bosses, um, we do our mentoring for uh, high school, uh, middle school students uh, to my fraternity, uh, Phi Beta Sigma. We have a Sigma Beta Club for uh, young boys from the age of 10 to 19. Um, you know, I, I always give legal workshops uh, to, to, you know, to some of my fraternity brothers. And, you know, show these young men and these young men in the Sigma Beta Club uh, a, a possible career choice or some of the choices that they make in their life can, can affect, legally can affect them. Um, I'm you know, a member of, of various, many, many different groups. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm Jamaican, uh, and so I started a Caribbean club here in, in Tallahassee. So I reach out to that also. Um, and just really constantly, you know, being involved in different things in the community and, you know, doing Thanksgiving, helping with the turkey driver, different things. Um, and especially, you know, if it's a whole, something with dealing with, um, Second Harvest or other organizations that beyond just the law, but also helping to give out to the community because we are a reflection. And I've, I've been blessed, and I know that I've been blessed, and I try to pass on those blessings uh, as much as I can. And then I think that way by passing on those blessings, you, you get even more blessed. And that's not what you do it for, but you know that's really how that's how the Lord works. So I really feel blessed, and and I will you know continue. Um, to be out there in the community and do as much as I can, um, you know, aside from obviously being at the night law firm. Excellent. The night law firm, the representation you need, the service you deserve. One final question as we wrap up tonight, attorney night, when you look at everything that you've been able to accomplish in your life, what matters most to you? 
Uh, that's a loaded question, but I, I would have to say, and I would love to say, you know, it's a legal field and what I've done. In it. But, you know, as a parent, your, your children, you know, always kind of matter the most. So it's just bringing up my, 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 my children right, um, you know, and helping them pave the way. And also, I guess it goes back to my mentorship. I mean, that to me is still the youth, uh, it's, uh, of course, is the future. You know, so that is what matters to me most is making sure that we solidify. I mean, it, it gets disheartening sometimes when we, some of these political events and things going on. Uh, and then, of course, the Black Lives Matter movement and the whole social justice uh, movement over the last year. Uh, so to me, it's just that's what matters is sowing that seed in the younger generation, first with my children and, of course, with others coming behind. Um, and, and that really motivates me, what keeps me motivated each day, uh, because we can become disheartened sometimes But what we see in this world. Uh, but we also can really try to change for the future. I love that. Giving back, helping to inspire change for the future. Attorney Knight, it's truly been a pleasure having you on Mr. Speaker Speaks and speaking to us tonight about the Knight Law Firm, sharing with us things about personal injury, criminal defense, and family law. Please check out the Knight Law Firm at knightlawflorida.com. That's knightlawflorida.com. Give him a call, 850-513-3151. If you think you're in need of an attorney, just call for a consultation, 850-513-3151. Attorney Knight, would you be willing to come back on the show at any time and talk about a specific topic as it relates to law? Basically, becoming my my uh, legal uh, my legal specialist, my my attorney at large, I guess. <laughs> well, listen, it would be an honor and a pleasure at any time. Just let me know. All right, looking forward to it. Well, it's been a pleasure, and we're getting ready to close out tonight. Um, just want to thank everybody for tuning in to the podcast that educates, stimulates, and rejuvenates your mind. You've been listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, and I had the opportunity to speak with attorney Stephen Knight of the Knight Law Firm. Please visit me on Vincent, at VincentTEdwards.com. Join the online community at VincentOnDemand.com so that you can pivot into your purpose with power and precision. Because like I always say, life is all about purpose. Do you know yours? And all that you do, be magnificent. Until next time, be good, be blessed. But you know, most of all, be a blessing to someone. Take care, and I love you.